Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome to our wonderful listeners. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about healthy aging versus anti-aging, and we're going to definitely be diving uh, deeply into the difference between the two. And my guest today is Annie. Annie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I think before we get into definitions and like what, you know, dive deeply into the subject, I thought maybe it would be helpful for context if you could let our listeners know like what it is you do and then we'll dive right in. Works for me. So a little bit about myself. I'm a nutritionist by background and I solely focus on middle-aged women's health and I help them on a number of levels anything that pertains to I would say health and wellness anybody that is interested in you know making themselves healthier having a healthier life by different definitions around you know nutrition and how to incorporate obviously uh, more activity in their lives how to have more energy, how to sleep better, how to deal with perhaps uh, an oncoming chronic condition such as diabetes or arthritis or, you know, the list goes on. Absolutely. Wonderful. I just wanted to make sure we kind of got the context, uh, you know, uh, under wraps and kind of get to know a little bit uh, about you. So let's start with some definitions. Um, because, you know, in my discussion with you, you talked about like healthy aging and the target being like changing the dialogue to be healthy aging versus anti-aging. Can you tell us what that, what the difference is for you? I think it's such a great question and so topical because there are so many messages out there. And I sincerely believe that anti-aging is a marketing context. It's a, you know, it's a nice PR campaign and to, that basically forces women to relook at themselves and go, well, there's some, there must be something wrong with me. I should be looking younger and doing different things than what I am doing. Right. And it's a very superficial conversation. It's a conversation around appearance, about body weight, um, uh, facially, you know, how your skin should look or not look. So it's a very superficial conversation. Healthy aging is a process of embracing life so that you live your life at the uh, optimal level, right? So that you have your best health, so that you get your best life, so that... Mm. 
get to enjoy your life, your family, your endeavors, your sports, your passions, your work, all of that. So that's the fundamental difference. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's tough because, you know, it's inevitable. Like we're going to change throughout life and it almost, I worry sometimes with the PR and the marketing, it's like, I worry that women feel like they're failing when they don't look thinner or, you know, like when they don't look like what they look like when they were 20. And so then it becomes about striving for this unachievable goal rather than acceptance, embracing, and then optimizing yourself where you are right now. And like, how can I be the best version of myself in my 30s, in my 40s, in my 50s? Because if you're 50, I I don't think the advancements in longevity and anti-aging have gotten to a point where you're going to look 20. Correct. (laughs) No matter how much uh, uh, aim that the industry would like you to think. But, you know, it's so true because we age from the moment we're born. Anti-aging is like saying stop breathing. It makes no sense whatsoever. You know, like think about it. It's it, to me, it, it really angers me because it is a judgment call on what we should or shouldn't look like. Mm-hmm. And women have been objectified for a long time. And I feel that it just continues on and I don't want to get on the feminist rant. But you know, if you if you really think about it, it's a very manipulative process that you should, of what you should or should not look like. And what I like about a healthy aging conversation is that we're actually empowering people to take responsibility for their health and then to maximize the output. Right. And that is a and, and, and when we are empowered, we're in a positive mind frame. When we're in the anti-aging, we are in the worry, I'm not enough, inadequate, and um, uh, passive. You know, we are like, we're not really in control of the conversation because we're trying to achieve uh, a look or something that has been set out there. So it's really not about re- a reversal process. It's more about like maybe... And correct me if I'm wrong, like a slow, not, I don't even know if slowing down process is really what I'm looking for. It, it, like it's an optimizing, yes, that's like the, the process is going to happen, but the outcomes of that process, we have some ability to control through lifestyle and environmental factors. Holy, totally. You know, we have 23 to 24,000 genes, right? And there are seven that are called the longevity genes. And we have the power to, you know, change the outcome of how we age of just what you said, through lifestyle decisions, right? Exactly. not perfect, but we do have a lot of um, ability to influence the direction in which it's going to go. Yeah, and then ultimately impact our quality of life factors. Absolutely, quality of life. You know, because it's one thing to live a long life, but you want to live a good life. Yeah. So 
it, that is very important, the distinction, right? So I don't want to live 120 if I lose my mind at 82. Well, yeah, it, it certainly then gets into a whole other discussion, uh, you know, certainly beyond this podcast, but, but you're right, right? Um, you, you know, we're living longer, but are we living healthier longer? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so tell me what specifically got you interested really in women in midlife? Well, nutrition is a second career for me. So I did, I did a career 180, as they say, in my 40s. I had been working as a brand and marketing consultant, so I know the marketing world quite well. That's why I can be so critical of it. And um, I, so being a mature student, I was able to kind of look at what is out there uh, in the marketplace, and I saw that the women at middle age were a underserved market. I saw that we were, because I am that market, I am 51. Um, I saw that we are underrepresented in media and we are definitely underserved in health and wellness. It is always very youth oriented and not, we are not talking about 45 plus women and what happens, etc. So I thought, well, I can definitely um, uh, serve that market and I live it myself so I can be, you know, an inspiration, hopefully, for my clients, you know, to live at their, as you said, you know, optimize their life. Exactly. Wonderful. It's interesting. Um, why? Because you got this marketing background, you know, why is it so focused on youth is one question. Um, and then, you know, there's the question of women who are also very career driven in middle life and how that sort of impact, like how that impacts their access or their ability to optimize that aging process. There is such a youth obsession in our, in our culture and, um, the roots of it are unclear. Have many, I've had many uh, discussions with advertisers uh, in the in my last twenty years. Um, there's a question of cultural reference, you know. So I think that the past very much influences the future in that respect. We are always used to seeing younger people. I do believe that it is slowly changing, and it is changing because. Society is changing, and there's a lot more people that are older. Yeah. So definitely. And definitely got my dogs barking there in the background. So I'm going to take a little pause here for one second. Sorry about that, guys. Hopefully it didn't come out too loudly. My two dogs like to see uh, a leaf blow by, and uh, they're hearing dogs. Um, So... Let's just backtrack a moment and uh, we'll just resummarize. So we're talking about youth culture um, and you're talking about times are changing, society is changing. Uh, I think we're population-wise also aging. Absolutely. Demographics are very clear that, you know, the 
plus groups are significantly increasing and that trend is increasing as well that's why Canada is such a um, you know aggressive also immigration policy so that we can bring young families etc um, but we see that it is definitely it is impacting in a really positive way um, a little bit of the progress that we see you know in society um, but it is definitely uh, a youth it's still overrepresented youth in everything Exactly. And, 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 and I guess that's where I was, you know, also leading with, you know, career driven women, you know, um, the specific, I think, demands for the way women are living now is so different than perhaps, I don't know how far back where we were a little bit more focused, um, you know, on child rearing. And now, you know, we have, women who are very much um, ambitious and career driven and trying to run households while working on their careers. And I think we're also facing new challenges um, as a result of that, uh, especially in midlife. Yes. I think that women are um, definitely their health is affected by the fact that uh, whether by choice or not, we are working and we are not just having jobs, we're having careers that are demanding, it has a huge toll on health. It has a huge toll on the markers of longevity because we now see that you know women used to live longer than men and that edge is eroding. And one of the reasons we know why is because of the effect of stress. Yeah. So cardiovascular diseases are the number one killer of women and stress is not a friend and not a friend to cardiovascular system. So we see that it's making, you know, it's, it's really gaining in stride and that is not a great gain to see. Um, but women are also carrying still the majority of the load of family um, uh, organization, you know, the social fabric around the network that is around families, etc. They come last, they put themselves last. So their health is definitely impacted. Absolutely. Um, you know, as a consequence. So that's where I really try to focus and giving them the support that fits their busy lives because they are not just busy from Monday to Friday, nine to five, but they have these you know, crazy long days and crazy weekends. Yeah. Trying to catch up for all the stuff you didn't have time for in, in the week. Uh huh. Absolutely. So let's, uh, I think that's built a good context. So let's dive into uh, some of the common myths or some of the common things you hear when you're serving this population when it comes to aging. I think that there is um, a lot of myths. And one of the big ones is that um, middle age and overall process of aging is inevitable that it's going to lead to decay and decreased quality of life, um, that it will be more of a time of loss than a time of gain, except maybe for the weight. And those are the those are big, big myths because we're talking about a mindset and a, a mindset will highly influence what we decide to do and of course the outcome. 
So I was recently at a trade show in the fall and so many women came to me and said, oh my God, it's just too late for me. It's just too late for me. Well, I think what you do is great, Annie, but it's just too late for me. And after those two days, it, I came away thinking that, A, it was very sad, you know, and also with a re renewed energy to do, to shout my message that absolutely not. It is not too late. You can change outcomes. As I said, you know, um, the, you know, the field of epigenetics, which is, you know, how we are learning to alter gene expression is quite new, but we know, we know that it is possible to alter genes. We used to be told, oh, sorry, you come from a family of X, you know, people with, who will suffer from cancer or diabetes, therefore you're automatically going to be painted with that. Now we know that with changes to lifestyle, we can change that. So that's like my number one mission is to really take that message out there that so that women know that they can change so many of these outcomes. I get it all the time with pelvic floor health all the time. Mm. Yeah. You know, I had my kids like 25 years ago, you know, was, can I really, can I really change the fact that I pee my pants? Uh, yes. I mean, I have clients in their eighties who come in and we teach them what, the, what to do. They do the work right? Yeah. That's the most important part. They do the work. Yes. You still need to do the work. And the muscles change and then they have control. And it's like, if they can do it, any, like it, it literally just means anybody can do it at any time. It's never too late. It's a muscle. You work it, it changes. It's really the same thing you're saying about, gen you know, the genetics as well. Absolutely. So you can create new pathways. You can strengthen a muscle that you know, was weak. You can rectify, just like you can rectify mechanical adjustments if you had a, perhaps a hip issue, right? So same thing, absolutely. I think another big, big myth is, is we believe that all the, all the successful ventures, et cetera, in this world are by young people. But Harvard Business Review um, recently issued averages of entrepreneur, a successful startup entrepreneur, the average is 45. And, you know, it made me think, oh my God, you know, like this, it takes a lot of vitality. It takes a lot of energy to run a business, you know? So this is not an age of decay, quite the opposite. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things that I hear often is, um, well, I hear two things. It's, you know, I hurt everywhere. My body's falling apart. You know, I'm just getting older. That's one. And the other one is regarding immune system. Well, I'm older and my immune system's not so great anymore. Yes. There are so many um, misinformed, misguided individuals. And I often say, you know, we have beautiful examples in the sports world now of people that are pushing the boundaries around age. Um, and not because they, they play tennis better than necessarily in the previous generations, but it's everything else around it that they know how to deal with better so they can have longer careers. You know, how they take care of themselves, how they deal with stress management, their nutrition is better. So they are allowed to uh, perform at elite levels for much longer than how people in previous generations could. And 
I see that as, you know, we can do that in our own lives, be our own Serena Williams, you know, by, you know, doing all the things to help ourselves be at peak performance as long possible. When people tell me oh, this is just a result of me being old, that's why I'm getting fat, that's why I'm getting, um, you know, arthritis, I say, no, this, this is, it's not aging that is doing that. It's your choices that have led to this. We change your choices, we change your habits, we are going to see changes and you are going to be amazed. Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely true. I mean, you know, we have a lot of talk around, um, you know, arthritis in the physiotherapy world and, you know, their latest, you know, research is showing that, you know, in fact, the more you exercise, the less pain you experience um, and that the body remodels and is more resilient to pain and, you know, so-called wear and tear um, when you're fit. I'm so glad that you brought that up because the number of times I've been told, oh, you're still running? And I'm like, absolutely. I hope I run until I die, you know, and then pack me up. Uh, honestly, the number of times people have thought that I should not be exercising this way because it was going to be difficult on my hips, difficult on my knees. And um, it's, I have read many times that this is no longer true and it's now scientifically proven. Yeah. So. And I think, and again, I think it comes to, it's important to state that it's, you know, exercise alone is not the only factor. 100%. Right? It is the, um, it's the culmination of every choice, lifestyle choice you're making that optimizes everything else, right? Like if you're not sleeping good, uh, well, that's going to impact your exercise. Uh, vice versa. Like all the pieces kind of need, you know, you need to optimize several things in order to get the full package. Totally. It's why I take a holistic approach to health. It, can, it is never just one thing. And a lot of people believe also that activity is for weight loss. Uh, oh, I just want to burn some calories, you know, but I don't need to lose weight, so I'm not going to exercise. And don't understand how incredibly powerful exercise is as a, as a whole as a, uh, you know, as a modality, but it is so many things together that affect total health outcome. It's just one small piece of the pie is activity exercise. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it was interesting that you're saying about athletes and we're seeing it more um, often. And I'm certainly noticing some of this coming across my, my social media feed of, um, you know, older people like actually posting pictures of their fitness and, and you're seeing, you know, 90 year olds still doing their yoga classes. Right. I'm, I'm sure one of, you know, those videos have gone sort of AKA viral. Right. So oh, you, you yes. see the 92 year old still teaching, you see, um, mm -hmm. you know, 85 year olds like swimming and are fit with these muscles that it's like, well, you're supposed to be losing muscle as you're aging. How are you like not only maintaining, but gaining, right? Like, 
it's so, you know, it's so good. And then I saw, um, it was like a meme of Dick Van Dyke. And it was like, I exercised in my thirties to look good. I exercised in my fifties to, um, stay mobile. I exercised in my seventies, uh, to avoid assisted living. And I'm exercising in my nineties, just, just out of not, I don't think it said like out of spite, but like something to the effect of just to show that I can, you know, like just to be like, I can do it. So I'm going to just do it just to be a rebel, right? Yeah. I'm exercising to be a rebel to show that it is possible. So I loved it. I thought it was a great meme. (laughs) That's, that's perfect. And that is what you're right that we are seeing. We are seeing that a lot more in social media. And I think that people um, need to see these in order to see that it, it is possible. We, we never used to see certainly older women, you know, achieving these big, these big things, but it is changing significantly. And I'm very, very excited by that. And I think the important piece, and I'm sure you are going to agree with this, is like now that women are seeing these other women achieving these things, they're wondering to themselves, well, how do I, how do I get there? And I, and I think it's important that there's a, you know, a, a proper way to get there, right? Especially like you start where you are and you build yourself up gradually that, you know, you should sort of have good research and good information and good help from practitioners, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that you avoid the mistakes that others have already made, um, but you also do it in a way that is uh, safe. Absolutely. Safe and the progression also is you can absorb it and you can really internalize it and then really build upon. Otherwise, you're really setting yourself up for failure and you'll be very disappointed. Yeah, exactly. And then you'll say, you know, it doesn't work, right? So it's important to set yourself up for success is, is essentially what I'm saying. And, and that may mean getting help to get you started. And once you know what you're doing, great. Totally. I'm a big believer in support systems. I call it my success team. What do I need to get there? Exactly. And, um, you know, we're talking about having the best time of your life, right? I, I, I put that in quotes when I wrote down, you know, kind of my questioning. And, and so I thought maybe you could speak a little bit to, you know, how women can begin to reframe their thinking and so that they're thinking, you know what, this is actually the best time of my life. I actually, you know, my brain's fully developed. I have some experience under my belt. Uh, you know, I'm wiser. I care a little bit less of what other people think. Um, you know, this really is the best times of our lives. Totally. There's not enough tea in China for me to go back to my 20s. I, and, and I see that oh, and what happens is as we age, we come into our own and we know ourselves better. Um, this confidence that we acquire allows us to stop doing the people pleasing and start to look at ourselves and go, oh yeah, you know, this is what I need. These are my skills. This is why I would like to be able to, you know, go and do this in the world. And it is a very liberating time. And you're so much more focused on what can you do out there um, to support the world, to help the world, to participate in the world, as opposed to, oh, I wonder what people are, 
one, you know, uh, expecting of me. So it's a, that I believe corresponds to having the best time of your life because you're so much more aligned with who you are, aligned with your values. It's incredibly powerful time because you stop wasting time with things that, you know, don't correspond to you. And it's a real gift when we get there. What, a, so how do you address or how do you help women who feel like they're just on autopilot living their lives? Like, you know, we, for some is, is, you know, you have your family and you're running around and you kind of got your routine, you got your way of doing stuff and optimizing means change. Um, and of course, you know, changing mindset to know that you can't, like, how do you sort of talk through that when there's resistance? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and I am not going to lie, change is hard for all of us, right? But I find it a great starting point uh, in my practice, when I work, I, you know, I do some private coaching and I have groups. And when um, I take them through a process where we look at the various dimensions of our health. And um, as you know, I've got this six pillars of, 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 of health, healthy living. And um, I get them to evaluate themselves on each of those pillars. Um, they usually identify one, two, three, whatever the number uh, and go, oh, this is interesting. Um, you know, I'm not maybe doing this well on this and this and this. They themselves need to take, um, I think, account of what is going on. What are the discrepancies? Mm. Where, are, where are the holes? Where are the gaps? And that's when we're able to identify, okay, so are we, are we interested, you know, um, in changing, it's because sometimes people have not had any vision of what their health could be. They've been right. in this for so long, right, that they, they have not seen the movie, this beautiful billboard of what their lives could be. So one of the exercises I had them do is to paint a picture of what that would be and what that would allow them to do. And, um, you know, because we always have this, this vision of these people that are, you know, uh, very productive in their lives, right? They achieve such incredible things. And you go, where do they find the time? Well, I know how they find the time. They are so clear on that vision that this is all they think about. This is the only way that they are marching. And when you are aligned like that, it's, it's, it's extremely um, energizing, Absolutely. When you get your picture of health and then you see where your gaps are, then you can, it's easier to embrace what are the changes that will be required in order for you to fill those gaps and march towards, you know, that beautiful. um, Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I tell them like, uh, have that vision and have it with you everywhere, you know? Absolutely. Well, the power of, of visualizing an outcome, uh, 
can be tremendously powerful. It's hard to kind of move forward um, when you only see your current situation. And it's hard uh, sometimes, and specifically on your own, sometimes to see the forest between the trees. Absolutely. It's one of the, the success strategies I tell people is you must surround yourself with people that are at least closer to that vision than you are and that will inspire you and that uh, whether they know or not, they will guide you um, because it will be such a beautiful influence on you, especially when we are alone. The statistics around the number of women that live alone is very high, adult women, of course, um, is very, very high. So we are not an exception. You know, like it's, it's like, there's a lot of people and it's really important to have a social network that is going to be sharing those values and then inspire you. We have, uh, and maybe you've heard this in this said somewhere, um, but like in the business world, when I read and I listen to highly successful people, every single one of them to some extent in various forms have said, you are the average of the five people you hang around with. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. They have so much influence. There are uh, scientific studies that show that the number one predictor of obesity is the number of obese people around you. We are deeply influenced by the energy and the behavior on the thoughts of others around us. We are humans, you know, we are social animals. Yeah. And so we have to be, uh, when we're, we're smart, we align this so that the, um, the, the influence is positive. And when we see that it maybe is not as positive, I, I call it, you have to prune the tree of your life. You, you know, we prune trees to make them stronger. You have to prune your life, your tree of life, and perhaps at times let go of influences that are not positive in your yep. life. Absolutely. Okay. So you mentioned six pillars. Mm. Uh, so let's loop back uh, to that and talk about what those six pillars of health are as far as you see them. Yes. You know, I came up with the, the pillars so because I, I studied, obviously, nutrition, then I became kind of semi-obsessed, and I still am, around what are the dimensions that constitute a healthy life. And I have read many, many, many books. And, you know, it goes from there's the four pillars, the five keys to health. But we're all around those numbers, and um, so it's a lot of research that led me to look at what constitutes that holistic, healthy living. Um, and I mean by that for in the context of health, uh, because I am not a life coach. Um, but, you know, the first one is so fundamental being nutrition. Right? If this is you, you cannot... Um, I don't know what the expression is. I'm going to bastardize it here. But, you know, if you go for a run and you just eat 
fast food, you know, you're, you're not helping yourself. Oh, the expression is you can't, uh, like you can't outrun or, um, out exercise a bad diet. That's it. Thank you. That that's perfect. So along with nutrition is supplementation and there's a lot of, uh, controversy around supplements, but some clearly have been proven to, you know, make a difference. The science of nutrition is also quite complex to study because it's so difficult to extrapolate um, one, you know, uh, to have causality as opposed to, you know, correlation. So to make sure that vitamin D will have an impact on you, well, it depends on how much outside time you had and all the other things. So it's a, it's a complex field. But what we know is that the food chain is compromised because the soil from which we grow the food is depleted. And the nutrients that were in red peppers and tomatoes in the 60s have diminished. And we do know this. And so the ones that you currently buy outside at your grocery store have less nutrition in them. Mm. even when you have a relatively healthy diet and relative, because we're not looking for perfection here, um, I believe that supplementation is required. So that's another key pillar of, you know, healthy, healthy living. Um, activity is another key pillar. We talked about it before, and it's because it, the impact of activity on our quality of life, mental alone, the stress management, um, and you, you truly lose it if you don't use it. So moving our bodies, and that's why I call that pillar activity, and I don't call it exercise, because there's many forms of activity. And uh, exercise can be intimidating for women. You know, there's a lot of women who never participated in sports, because also it was not always, you, know, you were not always told, um, you know, in, you know, older times, you know, that it was for you. And, right. you know, I, I actually coach, um, I don't coach, I am a nutritionist to a hockey team, a women's hockey league, um, a professional hockey league. And um, uh, some of them, you know, came to the sport later because they were told like, no, 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 take figure skating or, you know, it was not as well promoted um, because, you know, as a woman, you were not supposed to be, you know, that active. So it's intimidating to some, but I always say you can start with walking. You can start with hiking. It requires no skills, you know, so just essentially get up and start moving your body in a form that is enjoyable for you to do at the start. And then we can grow outwardly from there. Exactly. Right. Um, the fourth pillar is rest and rejuvenation. Now I talk about how it is as important as all the other pillars, although in North America where we're so work obsessed, um, you know, sleep was, um, you know, kind of this trivial thing. Oh, you know, you'll sleep when you're dead. And I used to hear that a lot in my career. Nonsense. Um, now, there's a lot more t- discussion now around how um, if you don't sleep enough, what are the impact of that on health? So definitely a huge thing. It's one of the most difficult pillars for my clients to integrate. 
Because well, absolutely. You, you know, you talked about it before, you nailed it. All the demands on these women's lives, they go, are you kidding me? You want me to take a full Sunday to rest? That's crazy. So very, very challenging to apply that. Um, another pillar is, and we touched on it a little bit before, but it's emotional and environmental health. So who we have around ourselves and making sure that even in our homes and in how we work, that we are in fairly productive and positive environments because it influences our health so significantly. And then the last pillar is a little bit more at the top of the pyramid, the infamous pyramid, but it really comes back to purpose. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Japanese came up with that concept of like your igikai. Um, and this is really about feeling that you have a sense of purpose. Often, you know, women were looked at and had, um, you know, the purpose of other family raising or career. And then one of the issues that happens a little bit later um, in life is people find themselves without a purpose. And it is a big predictor of health quality outcome. So purpose through life is huge. It's so interesting because both in my business coaching program that I attend, and then this just is coming to mind because I had a client just this week say, ever since I retired, my health has declined. Because a lot of us are so work and career driven that come the end of that, um, because our, our purpose and we've allotted so much of who we are, like we define ourselves so much by our work and our career that when that time comes to an end, it's like, who am I now? Yeah. And what do I do with myself? Um, and, I, and I certainly, you, you know, and, and you see that and the research also supports that, that oftentimes come retirement, um, health declines actually significantly quickly um, and I think that may be tied to that sense of purpose. Yes, purpose and the isolation. A lot of times people suddenly, right, they, they don't see friends, um, they don't see their, their colleagues, uh, clients, customers, whatever their level of engagement was. So it's, it can be extremely lonely. And loneliness um, is uh, very detrimental to, um, to health. So, yeah, so those are the six pillars, and we really look at that entire, um, the sum of all those markers so that we can really support healthy aging. And I always look at it as, you know, we don't want to be doing this short term. We want to do it for the long term. Well, it's, it really becomes about how you are living. Yes, a way of life. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And, and I say, you know, I kind of you know, say, I try to hit to my clients sort of same thing, you know, when we talk about pelvic floor health and pelvic floor exercise, it's like, okay, you know, you're leaking now and, and you fix it and then you stop exercising. I've certainly gotten the phone calls like, so my problem started up again. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's not about a short term, like, let's just fix this one problem. And then I can, for, then I don't need to, you know, 
worry about it. It's like similarly if you're pre-diabetes and you're exercising and you're eating healthy and then you stop doing all those things that like, right? Like once you're kind of like, oh, I'm no longer pre-diabetes, so I'm going to stop doing all this extra stuff. And then it's like two years down, you know, whatever amount of time it takes, you know, that can creep back up. So absolutely. We have to be aware, uh, aware of that as a factor when it comes to healthy aging. It's like, don't think of it as, uh, don't think of the short-term game. Think about that vision of what you see yourself, the healthy version, and then continue moving toward that vision. And if you've attained, uh, and I feel like if, if you attained that vision, then create the next vision. Yes, absolutely. Create a bigger vision. Exactly. Right? Create a bigger vision. Totally. Absolutely. If somebody would have told me that I was going to be doing, you know, all this endurance advance and so on at the beginning, I would have been like, you are crazy. But, you know, eventually you, you allow yourself that bigger vision because you, you achieve milestones. And that's when it gets really exciting because you're like, oh, maybe I could think a little bit bigger. And then it just increases from there. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you're living, you're having the best, having the best time of your life. So Annie, I want to ask you this very important question because this may be, uh, and I certainly hope it's resonating with women out there. Um, if they're interested in knowing more about you and, um, knowing about your programs and want to get in contact with you, like, where do they find you? Well, very easy online on my website. Everything is there. So vive.ca. So that's V as in Victor, E-E-V again, dot C-A. And on there are, uh, there's also a lot of information there. Just if you want to learn about some of the pillars, I have some blogs that offer a lot of information and uh, the links to then Facebook, Instagram, and then you can sign up for the newsletter and then we can, um, and then that's also where you can just send me an email and I respond to everything personally. So I'd be happy and delighted to answer any questions and of course offer information about, um, about the programs that I have. I have another program that, spark, that starts in um, April. So anybody Wonderful. that's interested, you know, love to give them information about that. Excellent. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life uh, to come and, you know, spread your vision and your enthusiasm and your motivation to, um, you know, get us women living the, you know, living the best time of our lives. Um, and to our guests, uh, the link to our website will be in the show notes so that it's easy if you're driving. Please do not pull out a piece of paper and pen to write it down. We will post it on the show notes, uh, so it'll be easy to click. And then, of course, all the social media. So, Annie, thank you again for being thank on the show. You. It's been wonderful. Anytime that I have the opportunity to speak about my favorite subject, I am so thrilled, and I hope that it was of a lot of value for uh, your the listeners. Absolutely. Well, I certainly know I've gotten quite a bit of value and I've certainly really, really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, and of course, I want to take a moment to thank our listeners uh, and just say, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do subscribe. We're on all sorts of media, Spotify, iTunes, 
Google Podcasts, you know, podcasts for Android, all of that stuff. Um, because that's how you're going to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. So be sure if you haven't done that, get off uh, the next moment you have a chance to get on your mobile devices, hit that subscribe button. And for that, I say thank you for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.